This is a presentation of the Pitch Podcast Network. Hello, 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 and welcome to Streetwise, the podcast extension of the Pitch in Kansas City. I am your host and the editor-in-chief of the Pitch, uh, Mr. Brock Wilbur, how are you guys doing out there? I am having a wonderful time, minus the heat. As a large 6'7 man, I am relearning how to sweat at a new level. Last weekend, as aforementioned on this show, took our dog to St. Louis to see Shakespeare in the Park. Then came back here on Saturday and went to a concert at Lemonade Park outdoors. And then uh, Sunday afternoon, went to our first uh, women's KC soccer match. Uh, so three days in the row of direct sunlight after not really being outdoors for like a year back when the air was poisoned. Um, so I've relearned what a sunburn looks like. Fascinated. Fascinated by it. Uh, fascinated to be cold at night uh, and not enjoy the air touching my skin. I look good, though. Look good. The sunburn has visually moved on. The, uh, the sensation has not. Um, this has been an interesting week for me to fixate. And that is... <laughs> I suppose the point of all of this, uh, it's been a long time since I could do focus. I, I imagine that over the last year and a half, there's been a lot of me uh, rambling about how, you know, we started pandemic and thought I'd do a bunch of different art movies, knock out the stuff that had always been on the list that I just never had time for or interest in, but knew I needed to do. And instead, the wife and I just plowed through absolutely horseshit uh, reality TV, marriage and dating shows. Um and a big part of that was an inability to focus, uh, like the idea of watching a film with subtitles, difficult to process. I, I get to watch a film and to read at the same time, suddenly difficult for me after a lifetime uh, working in film and having a film major, just like, no, I can't focus on these things. Uh, and it's the same reason that I think I've celebrated on here previously, finally sitting down to read a book uh, and finishing it, finishing it, the magic, the magic act of doing so and being like, oh, I, I shut out everything for a while and I did that. Um, that sort of focus has been in focus for me this week. Uh, it's been a while since I was obsessed with something and I used to be very good at doing obsession, especially with a piece of art where I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this full time until I crack it and understand it and appreciate it and understand what it's doing. Uh, and, uh, for the first time in a long time, I've done that by listening to almost nothing but the new St. Vincent album. Uh, on repeat, because when I first heard it, I was like, I think I hate this. This has nothing to do with the St. Vincent that I know. This is a big shift in my in my head. I was like, don't say anything out loud about it because you're probably wrong. This is probably like when Radiohead released Kid A and you were like, I think this is awful. And now you realize that that's one of the most important albums ever made, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I just keep listening to the St. Vincent album. And at some point I realized that the person that I loved because of the incredible riffs her song has, uh, her new album had no riffs, and maybe that that was a deliberate choice. And then I realized that this was supposed to be a, a dedication to the grimy New York of the early 70s. And it's like a Steely Dan album meets a Lou Reed album uh, with with some Fleetwood Mac dabbling in there, uh, even though they're not particularly a New York group. But like, it's a, like I, I had to be like, oh, OK. It's a completely different thing, and to, to crack it and to find a way to appreciate it. And now it's easily my favorite record of the year. 
Um, but it's, I, I definitely would not have gotten there if I treated it like everything else that I've treated in the last two years, which is like, oh, a new thing? Uh, there, I finished it. On to something else. Please just keep giving me some sort of stimulus. Uh, any sort of stimulation of like, okay, I, I'll, I'll do whatever. Uh, I'll watch any shit movie. I'll watch any terrible TV show. Just keep throwing them at my eyeballs. Uh, and to sit down and actually sit in a piece of art was interesting. In the same way that like, I got to be at that concert on Saturday night and see bands that were out there playing shows for the first time in more than a year. And, and all of them sort of pre-apologized for like, Hey, we haven't done this in a while. We haven't done a live show. And, uh, I I've been dabbling in music with some friends. Uh, and a thing that I've realized that, uh, as part of this new goldfish goldfish brain that I have is that, um, memorizing things, not really there. Like learning a song and remembering the chords without having a cheat sheet. Like it's been so very long since I've done so. More more so than just the pandemic. A couple of years since I really had to sit down and like work with other musicians. And I'm like, oh, I'm I'm just enthused by the fact that you can put this all together and no one has their iPhone out in front of them with, with a little guide on what the next note is going to be. And so I'm trying to do more of that right now. I'm I'm in my basement. I uh, I just pulled up the music for four different songs in a row, set here, and uh, because I've played so little guitar, of course I immediately have blisters on my fingers from four songs. Not the best. We're going to have to uh, work at that, just like everything else from aerobic activity on down the list. Anyway, we have a great show today. Uh, right now, as per always, it's Nick's Music Corner. Hello, I'm Nick Spasic, music editor for The Pitch, here with this week's local music recommendation. We featured a few things from musician Liam Kazar over the last year, thanks to the fact that Kazar, who splits his time between his Chicago hometown and Kansas City, makes music that's beautiful, charming, and wraps you in a wash of twang and melody. His debut album, Due North, is out on August 6th via Mare Records, Kevin Morby's imprint on Woodsist. The recently released single, Frank Bacon, marks the first new song we've heard following last year's Shoes Too Tight and On a Spanish Dune, and it's the sound of spring exploding into warm, hazy summer. As if all of that wasn't enough, Kazar has been running a pop-up restaurant, Ishfahan, in which he makes food that honors his Armenian heritage and his family's journey to the United States from Iran, Syria, and Lebanon. That pop-up comes to Kansas City on Thursday, June 17th, and benefits Canby's Markets, who combat inequality and food insecurity by providing access to fresh, healthy foods in the areas of Kansas City designated by the USDA as a food desert. More details are at eatishfahan.com slash pop-ups, so you can order some bagali polo, that crispy rice with fava beans and dill that I'm looking at a picture of and am now very, very hungry. You can pre-order Liam Kazar's Due North at liamkazar.bandcamp.com. Here's Frank Bacon.
Today's episode of the Streetwise Podcast is brought to you by Worlds of Fun. Worlds of Fun is now accepting applications for all positions, including ride operators, lifeguards, cashiers, cooks, and bartenders. All positions come with competitive pay, paid training, and best of all, free admission. Leadership positions are available. Working at Worlds of Fun means that you will receive whoa, 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 worlds of friends, worlds of flexibility, and worlds of experience. Literally, it is Worlds of Fun, as aforementioned. Uh, by it being the titular character in the story. Get a head start now on your worlds of opportunity. 
Apply at worldsoffun.jobs or text FUN to 97211. That's worldsoffun.jobs or text FUN to 97211. Today's interview is with Savannah Hawley. Uh, Savannah has been an intern with us for a couple of months, and we recently uh, hired her. Uh, she is the new associate digital editor uh, at The Pitch. We'll be working side by side with me. Didn't didn't burn out or... or uh, Refused to come back to work after a, a short period of, of months working with me, which uh, I think bodes well. Uh, and so here is an interview that I sprung on her in the middle of the workday uh, under the auspice that I needed her to log in and help me with a technical issue. Uh, here is the surprise interview with the latest member of the Pitch family, Savannah Holly. Savannah, welcome to the Streetwise podcast. Would you introduce yourself to the audience? Hi, I'm Savannah Holly. I... Um, I'm the associate digital editor for The Pitch. What is it like to work in the liberal media and be related to Josh Hawley? Uh, those are all lies. Um, I'm not related to Josh Hawley. It's great to work in the liberal slanderous media. I was going to say, working in the liberal media was not a lie. Like, the whole thing was not. No. No. Just half, half a lie. You are uh, the most recent uh, employee hire here at The Pitch. Uh, what did you do before and what do you do now? <laughs> uh, so at The Pitch beforehand, um, I was an editorial intern. And before that, I was um, plotting my way through college and working on our school paper there and doing other various jobs. And now I sort of just... I'm a mix between editorial and digital at the pitch. I do a lot of editing, um, a lot of newsletter and social work, um, social media work, I guess. <laughs> is, it, uh, is it cool to be one of those rare people that goes from the internship to employment, that thing that people are always promising but never follow through on? Yeah, it felt very, it, it was, it's very nice. And um, it was also very funny because on, uh, my first day, I told you that you were going to have to hire me full-time, and that happened. So I guess that's a point for speaking things into fruition there. You've made a lot of claims over the last half year that, like, I, there's a lot of them we hope don't come true, I assume. Uh, yeah, many that we don't want to happen. Uh, what are some pieces uh, from the pitch that people might have known uh, your work from already uh, that are just now getting to hear your voice for the first time? Uh, I think probably the biggest piece that people might know me from is um, a barbecue rundown I did about the history and the current state of barbecue in Kansas City. Um, oh, the the 9,000 words that you did on the history of Casey Barbecue as your first ever submission for the magazine. I believe it was only 6,000, but yeah, it was certainly a novel. Um, no, it was 6,000 when we were done with it. It was 9,000 <laughs> when it came in. Uh, what can I say? I just have a lot of things to say about barbecue i guess and then which is odd because you don't eat meat mostly so like yeah it was it was an odd thing to tackle on a lot of levels on a lot certainly on a lot of levels um i yeah i gave up eating meat all the time like a year or so ago i'll try to only eat it once or twice a month and most of those times are taken up by barbecue because my dad loves it and is obsessed with it and would be very sad if i fully gave up barbecue are your parents proud that you've gone into local print news journalism? They love it. <laughs> um, I was actually, I had a lot of fake midlife crises um, as it was not the middle of my life, but they were definitely still crises. Um, but uh, I was 
a reporter, I guess, on my middle school newspaper. I was a food critic and I was terrible at it. And then um, I wrote for uh, different blogs and stuff throughout school. And I was always like, well, I'm not going to go into that. I'm going to go into business. Or I'm going to go into marketing or something like that. And I guess in a certain way I have half of halfway, um, but they were, they were always like, you're going to be a writer. You're going to be a journalist. And I would almost get angsty about it. Cause like, you don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and then I certainly did do that. So they're very happy about it. I do love that even child you knew that this was not a sustainable way to live. <laughs> Yeah, she was very anxious about the prospects of her career, um, but then had to do it anyway. So there's no way I couldn't be in journalism, I don't think. I never knew that you were a middle school food reviewer. What what were those pieces like? I gotta know. They were they were a 12-year-old trying to act like she knew everything about food at Pioneer Ridge Middle School. Um, I would make my mom and often my grandma would go with us, drive to different restaurants around Independence, Missouri, where I grew up. Um, I would only review um, local restaurants. And I specifically remember an instance when Cheddar's came to Independence and my teacher suggested that I review Cheddar's. And I said, they're not local. They're a chain. I will not review them. Um, so it was very, I guess, pretentious for good. <laughs> as a 12-year-old, um, and also as if any of my other middle school constituents could um, take themselves to the restaurants I was eating at um, on their own volition. So it was it was very weird to happen. In middle school, I started my school's paper, um, and I kept publishing stories about uh, the, the untold origins of where various uh, lunchtime foods were coming from which were all entirely made up. Uh, but it was always like, yeah, did you know that the uh, the bratwurst thing is made from bugs and so on and so forth. I and love the, that. the lunch ladies got so mad at me and my yellow journalism that they actually refused to serve me anymore, which was an interesting conversation between my parents, my principals and the lunch lady. They're like, well, he just keeps making up things. And the principal was like, yeah, but everyone thinks it's funny, don't you? think it's funny and my parents were like Brock please stop being like this I <laughs> love that in a very non-funny way I did the same thing we had a research paper in middle school that um the best one my teacher would pick and send it to the school board and the principal and it would be like published in our school district newsletter for the month and um I did an expose on how unhealthy um school lunches were and how <laughs> how expired like the fruit and the milk were and and um how if this was people's only source of food, it should be a better source of food. And then I didn't get picked, surprisingly. And my teacher said, um, I can't give this to the school board, but it was a very good paper. <laughs> so uh, in a very different way, I did the same thing about school lunches. Yeah, but yours was actual journalism. So kudos on you. <laughs> I guess perhaps. I was just very mad about school lunches, I guess, as a middle schooler. I... Uh... I, I have a long tradition uh, through school of my parents having to be called in because I always did the assignment very well, but uh, never did it to what obviously the, the letter of it was supposed to be. In our junior year of high school, we were supposed to do uh, three months of job shadowing someone and then give a big presentation. And it was the score for a whole class. And I job shadowed my mother as a homemaker. Um, <laughs> 
early, early radical feminist uh, Brock uh, and like, I did the work, I did the interviews, um, I, I did the research, turned in the 10 page thing, gave my presentation and you could see my football coach on the panel because he was a teacher just burying his face in his hands because if I failed this assignment, I wasn't gonna be able to play for the next few weeks. Uh, and he was like, he was just furious because he's like, I, no one can give you an A on this, but also you did A work and like, you know what you're doing. Why do you have to be this way? So once again, Perry, you, my writing has never gone over well because <laughs> I guess contrarian and it's nice to hear that you've come from the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just a natural stir of the pot. So you got employed here by the pitch and then a few days later, you had a big life change too. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm engaged. So that is, that's really fun. He's gold digging off your, your wealth of, of small town uh, print journalism money. Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, it was a business move. He knows all the lucrative aspects of journalism. And so he married into that wealth and I applaud him for that. Or he's going to marry into that wealth. You do know that we're going to do an investigation into him now, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, the team really has <laughs> to kill. just to make sure. <laughs> just to vet him out, make sure that he's he's doing this for all the right reasons. It's cool that you're here, and it's cool to see somebody that's as excited as we are about doing the local journalism and the work that matters here. What's what's the big story that you hope to to find or do? Big like in in vibes. What's the thing that you would like to accomplish most here? <laughs> In vibes, I think my favorite uh, my favorite types of stories are those that um, seem really mundane but have a much that are a much bigger deal than they appear to people. And so, finding those things that matter to the community that the community might not know about yet, um, or if the community knows about them, finding that those details or those aspects about them that uh, that just aren't really out there or publicized. I guess final question, what's your favorite shitty comment that somebody's left on one of your articles at the pitch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite derogatory comment that someone's left for me at the pitch was, um, where did the writer, parentheticals, intern, question mark, get her sources for this article, uh, which is fun, the implications that an intern can't also be a writer. Uh, my favorite, positive um, comment that someone left was um, saying it was a great article from someone with an unfortunate last name and I could not agree more, so. Well, we're thrilled to have you on the team and this was a great chance to introduce you uh, to the extended <laughs> pitch family. Uh, excited to see what you continue parentheticals to do here. Right, thank you, me too. It's nice to, nice to virtually meet the extended pitch family. Okay, I'll see you on the other side of the wall we share. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been the Streetwise Podcast. I've been your host, Brock Wilbur. Please check out everything that we are doing at The Pitch and at thepitchkc.com. If you ever feel like throwing a couple bucks our way to help local journalism keep on its toes, would really appreciate that. But otherwise, just take care of each other out there. Be nice. Enjoy the heat. Hydrate. Please drink enough water. Please don't die out there. Oh, my God, it's so hot. Uh, love you all. Hope you're taking care of yourselves. Pitch in and we'll make it through. Thanks for listening.
This was a production of the Pitch Podcast Network. The Pitch is Kansas City's independent source for news and culture. Check out thepitchkc.com to see more podcasts from us, including information for how to subscribe to The Pitch or become a sustaining member. Story ideas or feedback? Write to tips at thepitchkc.com. Pitch in and we'll make it through.